fresh week here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Tyler Aki and Tim Leonard. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order. All right, Tim, lots to get to today because Syracuse football was busy over the weekend. They landed another commit. They're actually going outside the continental U.S. for this one. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Also, be sure to check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. Subscribe, rate, and download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And we are with you every single day here on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Okay, so Dino Babers also spoke last week. We hinted on some of the the social justice stuff, but we're going to talk about some of the football stuff that he also got to from over the week. So let's just dive right into it because this is going to be a football-heavy episode here on a Football Monday on the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Austin Kawhi, the 11th commit of this 2021 cycle, the first offensive lineman of the cycle, three-star out of Hawaii, and this is a guy who had some solid offers. Hawaii, of course, you're going to get that in-state offer usually when you're a guy of this sort of profile, and then on top of that, Nevada, UNLV, San Diego State, Navy, Central Michigan, a lot of those West Coast schools going after a kid like Kawhi. Yeah, pretty amazing Syracuse landed him considering the climate difference, and I know that's probably overplayed (laughs) when you talk about, at least, I'm sure you got a lot of this, Tyler, maybe not as much because you were coming from Chicago, but for me, I grew up in North Carolina, decided to go to Syracuse. And every time I saw someone my senior year of high school and they asked, where are you going to school? It was, oh, you, you're going all the way up there to the cold. You, you better get a new wardrobe <laughs> and everything. And, and that gets get real. Get that winter jacket. Get yourself yeah. a nice North Face Canada goose. <laughs> right. I had my stock answer for that. And it got real sick answering it all day, every day. And I feel for Austin because, man, if I was getting it from North Carolina, he's going to be getting it from Hawaii. But pretty cool that Syracuse got someone from Hawaii. We know Dino Babers used to play there. Mike Cavanaugh used He's to coach there. He's born there too, yeah. Yeah, who is the offensive line coach, who is obviously a big heavy recruiter for Austin here. This is the first Hawaii native to earn a scholarship, according to Syracuse.com. I think they're sort of still researching that, but when they posted their article about Austin, they said that, and I found that pretty interesting. Maybe going to be the first of a couple here, considering Dino's ties to the area. There was one walk-on already in Dino's time period with Syracuse that has come from Hawaii, but first scholarship player. And the big thing with Austin is his size. It's the prototypical Babers offensive lineman, what they're looking for when you start with his height that is 6'5". They have been after these tall linemen on both sides, and they've got another one here. Yeah, 6'5", 260, probably going to have to put on a little more weight. Most of Syracuse's offensive linemen hovering around that 300 mark, give or take 10 pounds either side of the ledger. Because, again, you don't want someone who's going to be out there 330, 340 necessarily if you're Syracuse because the the main focal point of this offense is you got to get up and run, and it's tough to move as fast as you want if you have guys that are 330, 340 pounds. You want guys who are a little bit more nimble, like Kawhi, who can get get up to the line of scrimmage and run if you need to. So that's something that certainly played a factor, I'm sure. Again, he's going to have to bulk up a little bit because 260 is not going to cut it against yeah, uh, well, Clemson or Florida State or any of these other ACC defensive linemen, really. Yeah, I did see in a recent article he said he has gained some weight to about 270, 275, right around there. And, I mean, I, I think obviously that's still – 
you know, your point still holds. You still have to bulk up from that point. Yeah. But kind of like they got Garth Barkley in the 2020 class, who's an offensive tackle as well. He's six seven, so even more extreme. But he's came in once he committed to Syracuse, right around two fifty. And I kind of think of these two guys in the same way that if you're six seven, if you're six five, there's room for you to put on some weight. And I think when you look at his tape, you can see that he will be able to fill out that frame a little bit. And you do like that he's athletic and quick because, like you said, you want to be able to harness the size that he already has. That's the thing that you can't teach. And then also get him to a point where he's at that happy median of being athletic, but also having enough size and enough power to sort of push some linemen back. One thing that I found interesting in his commitment, actually a couple things, and I'll start with building block one here. I looked at a lot of the recent Hawaii prospects, and I was looking at where they really end up. And if you look over these last three, four years, pretty much unless you get a major offer, I'm talking Big Ten, Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama, unless they were getting that mega offer, they stayed in the Pac-12 or one of those smaller West Coast Conference schools. So for him to get an offer from Syracuse, who by no stretch of the imagination is a power of the the East Coast or, or whatnot, or, or even really east of, of like Colorado, I yeah. mean, they're, they're not some, some mega power in that regard. They've had the, the one good season of recent memory. But outside of that, it's a lot of four and eight, five and seven that you've had to deal with. And for them to go out and get a guy from Hawaii, he's never, at least to our knowledge, seems like visited Syracuse. And the coaching staff is going off of a lot of feel here. I found that kind of interesting. Yeah, well, not to mention that, as, you know, you said he hasn't visited, like, of all the places to commit to, it's really yeah. hard to commit to. to I, mean, I mean, we've talked far? to these recruits about, yeah. oh, you're taking a leap of faith. And we're ta- talking to a guy like Hayden Nelson, who's coming from Wisconsin. And, and that's a, a leap. And, yeah. and Derek McDonald coming from Georgia. Malcolm Folk, Josh Huff, all, all those guys in, in the, the east northeastern part of the country there. Leap of faith because you haven't necessarily visited. But now we're talking to a guy, or we haven't talked to him, but right. Austin Kawhi, I mean, that's a leap of faith. <laughs> yeah, he should do a It's one a thing vlog. to do it the other way around. Like, I yeah. had a friend from college who was, uh, she. so she grew up in Connecticut, went to Syracuse with her, and now she lives in Hawaii. So it's one thing to do oh, it wow. that way and get that's away the from the cold. It. Right, that, that, <laughs> but he's doing the complete opposite here, and, and I could never do it, so... Hats off to you, Austin, because that's something that I don't think you or I could have done, Tim. Again, I I think this is overstated usually, like, oh, Syracuse can't get any recruits because of the weather. But in this case scenario, I mean, I really think he he could do a vlog and just... His first winter in Syracuse. He probably hasn't seen yeah. snow before. Now, hey, I'm name just him assuming... his likeness. That could really... Uh, you can make some money off of that. Yeah, yeah, if, if it gets to that time, which... I don't know, but By getting the time back he to... he gets there, you'd imagine it's it's in place, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, you never know at the NCAA. They <laughs> seem to move at a snail's pace. I think getting back to his game a little bit, it's, it's promising because what did he say in terms of talking to some of the reporters and some of the articles I'm reading about why he picked Syracuse? The first thing he said was relationships. Do you know Babers? My mom loved him. She got a chance to talk to him. It just felt like a family. Mike Cavanaugh, he has ties to Hawaii, too. 
that made me feel like it was a family, the relationships. Well, one thing that I feel like Syracuse has a strong grasp on is they always seem to kind of have that impact on recruits. Recruits always seem to bring up that word relationships. Now, I know a lot of schools out there are going to say, if some other school could magically listen to this podcast, they'd say Syracuse isn't alone in that regard. I'm not oblivious to that fact, but Dino Babers is a really likable guy. We talk to these recruits, Ty, and they all love talking to Dino, and they rave about his personality and his humor and just how awesome he is as a coach, someone that they want to play for and they can't wait to play for. I think there's something to be said about the fact that they're doing a good job staying strong in recruiting having a relatively good stretch here in recruiting despite this coronavirus because now relationships are kind of like one of the only things that you can make your decision on. And I think that's really paying dividends for Syracuse. And that's something, that was my next point that I wanted to get to with this whole recruiting thing and how, I mean, we can talk about how difficult it is to recruit during a pandemic and Dino Babers is not making any excuses. And we've heard him talk about, yeah, I kind of got back to doing the whole old school recruiting tactics and those relationships that I had with former high school coaches. And I'm, I'm calling people left and right to, to get intel on some of these guys. This is a guy who took advantage of that here. Born in Hawaii, like we've mentioned. Played his college football in Hawaii, like we mentioned. His first coaching job was a GA at Hawaii. So he's have, he has those relationships on the islands out there. Seven of his coaching jobs have been on the West Coast. That's by far and away the most of any other region. He's had two on the East Coast, three in the Midwest, two in the South, seven out West. And I read off some of those schools that Austin Kawhi... He had offers from a number of those are schools that Dino has coached at before. And then on top of that, when I mentioned that a lot of those guys out in Hawaii, they like to play in the Pac-12 or play at some of those smaller conference schools on the West Coast. That, that's a place where, where Dino has worked before. He kind of gets the, the whole connection there and he made it work for him in this instance. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going crazy over this commit because Syracuse was his only power five offer, but I really like his size, and I like the fact that they are getting someone from Hawaii based on the relationship stuff, and I like what they're doing during COVID-19. And if you're into the rankings, we've talked about how sometimes we look at it, but we're not big rankings guys. But now they're number 58 in the class on 247sports.com. Their class is number 58 overall. That's the exact same ranking they had in the 2020 class. So I thought it was just noteworthy to point out that they have slipped a little bit since they were quote unquote ahead of Alabama as I literally put up air (laughs) quotes over here but now they are slipping back to number 58 it's still early I mean we'll see where the rankings shake out but it's interesting that's at the exact same point as it was in 2020 when that class wrapped up yeah so about six months now until we're going to start to see people sign and put the pen to the paper. Hey, you know, Dino may have been playing the long game this entire time. We've heard him preach the Hawaiian phrase, Ohana means family. And yeah. here you go. Dino gets his first Hawaiian guy under his belt in terms of a scholarship player to, to come play for the Orange. So really cool stuff there. Another cool thing that I, I saw this week, Tim, was what's going on with Built Bar right now because the fine folks that work with our favorite protein bar on the market, they're doing something really cool. They are giving you up to 50% off everything on their website this week. And not just that, 
but they are also going to be donating all of their profits to charity this week with a lot of the the things that are going on in the world right now built bar yeah. is donating a hundred percent of the profits from the 8 million bars currently in inventory to organizations such as the Black Girls Code, Pretty Brown Girl, 512, Common Ground Foundation, Innocence Project. And guess what? If there is an organization out there that you want to throw into the mix, you can suggest an organization to them and tell them what company or organization that should be up for donation and what that organization means to you. And who knows, maybe some of the money that you put in to buy Built Bars is also going to be going back into the community. That's a good twist. I like that, that they give you the option to kind of fill in one. I always say, props to Built Bar. I mean, that's awesome that they're doing that. I always say that the beauty of Built Bar is that you feel good after you eat it. Well, now if you go and make the purchase this week and and get that first box or your second box, you'll probably feel pretty good about it, knowing that it's going to a good cause as well. So up to 50% off everything this week and 100% of their profits are going back into the community and are being donated to charity. And on top of that, you can get $10 off your first order when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order. We're going to do a little buy or sell with Dino Baber's latest press conference next. So last week, we dove into a lot of the social stuff that Dino Babers got into in his press conference when he met the media for the first time in quite some time. He made that powerful statement as well, and we dove into a little of what he said there. But let's get into what he said on the football side, because there were a number of interesting things that he laid out from that Zoom conference a couple of days ago. So First up on the docket here is where he says, I operate well when I have to improvise. I'm going to lay out these statements for you, Tim. You're going to tell me if you're buying or you're selling what Dino is saying. So what do you think? I operate well when I have to improvise. You know, we kind of just touched on this a little bit. I think I'm going to buy it because he's already sort of proven it kind of in the recruiting trail and how he's going out there, like you said, doing some old school recruiting, tying into his background and his resources and really going old school on relationships and talking to these kids. He did kind of have some funny jokes about how he's he wishes he could talk face to face. And that's the one part that he really misses because that's so vital in not just recruiting, but really all forms of life is being able to talk face to face with someone. So he said he's been doing the FaceTime a lot with these guys too, but I'm going to buy that. I think that's a cool thing for your head coach to say during these times. Dino strikes me as someone who kind of likes a good challenge. Now I think you kind of have to be that way if you're at the position that he is leading a football team. And I think you don't just say that. So I kind of like that he went out and took that approach to kind of putting a positive spin on it a little bit yeah I'm with you for a lot of the same reasons right there and and that's pretty much the argument I was going to bring up is this is an unorthodox time and he's navigated it pretty well and on top of that I'm going to put it one step further in the fact that look at some of the quarterback difficulties he's had over the years I'm not saying a lack of talent necessarily but he's had to maneuver some interesting situations when Eric Dungy goes down not many quarterbacks can churn out a system for a guy who was once upon a time a fifth-string quarterback in Zach Mahoney and have him go out there and put up 61 points on a scoreboard. That's tough to do. And and he's had to do that a number of times. I mean, think about all the quarterbacks that have made spot starts during his time. Mahoney, 
Then you've got um, Culpepper Rex Culpepper one. came in yeah. one time. And then on top of that, uh, Tommy DeVito had to make some, some spot appearances in big games. And Dino's even... I mean, he put that pressure on himself sometimes. That UNC game when when Eric Dungy got benched, I mean, that was a self-inflicted challenge that Dino put upon himself. Yeah. So it's not easy to <laughs> to bench, yeah, one of your your guys too that that was a warrior for you, gave you so much, and you're going to not turn your back on him, but you're going to make a change that's drastic in that sense. Yeah. So he's definitely, in my opinion, been very good when asked to improvise. All right, next up. He says that with all the changes that Syracuse has undergone during the offseason, whether it's coaching, personnel, what have you, other opponents' breakdowns are useless. By this pandemic, they've got nothing on us. Uh, I'm going to sell that one. I mean, I see what he's saying. It's, again, kind of putting a positive spin on things. But, I mean, they have stuff on Tommy DeVito now. They have, I think, defensively that case is stronger than offensively because defense you're literally completely altering and putting in a new defense that not a lot of teams have knowledge on in a 3-3-5 but I mean these coaches know a good chunk of Syracuse's personnel that'll be playing next season it's not like they're they have some high talented transfer coming in that hasn't played in the conference before all these guys at wide receiver that will be touching the ball. They have film on. So as much as I kind of like how Dino's putting a positive spin on things, I, I wouldn't say that that's a huge advantage for them. If anything, this time period makes it really tough on a team like Syracuse that is incorporating a new system. I mean, that's really tough timing when you think about it, honestly, because a team like Clemson or, I mean, I guess that's a power that will be okay already, but other teams that already have their coaches and are just bringing those coaches back, they're probably in a better spot than two new, completely new coordinators and an entirely new defensive system. I'm selling it just like you are because sure, I mean, maybe it's a little funky for some opponents, but at the same time, it's not like these coaches haven't coached before that you're bringing in. It's not like these players haven't played before that you're right. bringing in. I mean, there is tape on them to some degree, maybe with different personnel or a different guy running the show, but there is tape on yeah. on what these guys can scheme up. And the other you know, thing with a that, really good coach. I was just going to say, like, that only really applies for the first couple weeks. I mean, by the time you're playing – now, again, we don't really know if this football season's going to happen. doesn't seem entirely likely, depending on what week of the or what time of the day we're talking about it. It seems to go in ebbs and flows. But let's just say it is happening. If it's week seven, like they already have all the tape they need by that point. So then that doesn't really hold. I, I guess it would help right. in week one, if anything, but I don't know. And a good coach, which there are plenty of in the in the conference, they're going to be able to piece together the defense too and maybe yeah. think think ahead like okay yep that guy's gonna be good in that spot that guy's gonna be good in that spot andre cisco's great in that spot they're gonna know okay so I, I i'm not buying that either and on top of that too when you look on the offensive side and i guess same applies defensively too when you're implementing new schemes it's one thing to to know it in your head, but it's another thing to go out and execute. The lack of physical reps that a lot of these guys are going to have this offseason 
is not going to be something that I think favors Syracuse. And Dino's even admitted as much as that. How do you know that everyone's going to be on the same page too? So I think that's going to be something that's really going to challenge this team going into next season. All right, next up. Let's go out fast. Everyone not in great conditioning will die. He's talking about his team <laughs> moving fast. Are you buying or selling that statement? I guess I'll buy it because I think that holds true. And I've always been a proponent of that philosophy of that's a big upside to his offense. I don't feel like it was super fast last year. Now, I think that's a product of expectations. I think it's gotten slower year by year. Yeah. <laughs> Like in, I, I'm kind of I remember with that you. first year. I mean, when when you bring up the stopwatch between snaps, that was fast. I mean, you were talking about seven seconds between snaps. It felt like yeah. But I remember that that year that where 2018, where they they go t- uh, ten and three. I mean, it was pretty drawn out. It was not as fast. Maybe they got to the line fast, but after that, right. it was it was pretty slowed down tempo wise. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of at-the-line adjusting. Last year, I mean, every five plays, there was a false start, it felt like, or a penalty on the offensive line of some sort. So pretty hard, and as Dino always, one of his favorite quotes is, we're only as fast as our slowest offensive linemen. So he, for a while, said, what was it, year two, game four, was that Mm -hmm. target goal for when they were going to pop, and... I don't know. It wasn't as fast as maybe I thought, considering how far into the process we are now. But again, that was a product of the team just wasn't very good last year. I'd say I'm buying because I have seen it at times where I do feel like the faster they go and when they get into a rhythm, maybe you think of that Pittsburgh game, which is obviously kind of an anomaly, but that could lead to some missed tackles and that could lead to making things tough on the defense. So I still believe in that philosophy but I'm not 100% in on this is going to be a year where they just come out running up and down the field out of the gates, and I don't really know how much the conditioning is going to change. These kids are still in good shape, and they'll get in good shape, I think, by the time a hypothetical season would happen. I'm actually going to sell this because at the beginning, probably like right before we were doing this show, right before we are recording, I was about to buy this, but now I think about it a little more and I'm going to sell. And here's why. Sure, there's not a lot that kids can get reps wise during the pandemic and that long period off that they had, but there's one thing that you could do and it was condition and staying in shape. And I know we're seeing a lot and I'm sure we're going to see it in the NBA who was in shape and who was out of shape. Well, guess what? College football is going to have that as their template. A lot of coaches are going to say, look at that. You see Kyle Kuzma out there. He wasn't in shape. All right. And that's why the Lakers got beat there. Or there's going to be a team. Maybe, I don't know, the Clippers. Way to single look. out Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> yeah. That, that is not a shot at Kyle <laughs> Kuzma. I, I just picked a random <laughs> guy kidding. and I know it. And I couldn't pick LeBron. So, uh, or you're going to look at a team like, like the Clippers and say, look, Pat Bev, he was in shape the entire pandemic. Kawhi, Paul George, they were all in shape the entire pandemic. And it paid dividends for them when they're lifting the trophy. So that's something that I think that they could deal with. And listen, I mean, the coin flips on the same side for you. What if all your guys aren't in great shape too? So yeah, I think that's that's a real thing. And then on top of that, we've complained time and time again about how there's people who quote unquote cramp up. And I say that facetiously. And 
when you think about that, I mean, those cramps could be real now. <laughs> and when you've got guys dropping left and right and, and they're legitimate cramps, then, then yeah, you're talking about, about something that, that could be really problematic for, for your offense and the tempo they want to play with. So that's yeah. uh, that's something that I'm selling right there. Real quick, this last one, Dino says, I see more people playing early than ever before. Yeah, I'll buy that. I think they also just have a super young defense, and they're going to have to figure some things out, and it's probably going to take some time. Luckily, after BC and the schedule that they have right now, they, they do have some opportunities, I think, to rotate in some bodies. But then again, I, I'm worried about the defense. It, it's really young. Yeah, I'm going to buy that too. Uh, again, like you said, a lot of young bodies out there. And again, D- we've seen Dino not afraid to give opportunities to guys who deserve them as true freshmen. I mean, even if even though they didn't have spring ball this year, but even in a spring ball type setting, he's not afraid to throw out Andre Sisko, who is technically supposed to be in high school still. So he's not afraid sure. to do something like that. And I think that that with all of that and everything going on, the playing field is going to be leveled for a lot of guys. And we're going to see guys with opportunities to make an impact on day one who may be true freshmen. So we'll see how all that shakes out. One more thing I want to get to. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. In the month of June, Locked On is matching the total donation of all hosts up to $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. That's LockedOnPodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. I also want to take a quick moment to tell you about our friends at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars these days, it's pretty much impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. But hey, guess what? That doesn't mean you don't need to repair your car and maintain it as well to save money. That's where Rock Auto comes in. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com also offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market is like. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and DIYers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and don't forget, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Again, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we're the ones who sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We'll talk about the latest Syracuse football player to hit the transfer portal next. So the end of the last week, Syracuse saw its third defensive player, and we just talked about how this is going to be a young defense, and a third defensive player goes into the transfer portal, Alan Stritzinger, a safety defensive back type. He joins Juan Wallace and Kadeem Trotter as orange defenders who have entered the transfer portal. He he had one big impact play during his time at Syracuse. He had a, a pivotal pick in that Camping World Bowl, 
but yeah, right. really hasn't hasn't had a, a bunch of opportunity to shine. He maybe was going to get some some of a chance now that that Evan Foster or the fact that there's this new defensive back role that has emerged now with that rover position. But Alan Stritzinger out of the mix now as he's going to go search for a new place to play. And no disrespect, obviously, to Juan Wallace or Kadeem Trotter, but I'd say this is the one that surprised me maybe the most. And it's not shocking, but he was on the two deep. So you do lose some depth at the very least. And maybe he left because he realized that Eric Coley, who was ahead of him on the two deep for that rover position again, this was back in spring and there hasn't been a whole lot of time to evaluate since, but maybe he saw the writing on the wall that Coley, they like him and he was going to play and he's a senior now. So he just wants to go somewhere where he can play. I thought he was really pretty good for Syracuse last year. Maybe didn't quite fully develop into the player that some people had hopes for. And you got to keep in mind, he started his career for Syracuse at running back. That was always kind of his dream. That's why Syracuse grabbed him and convinced him to come is because they told him, we'll give you a shot at running back. And it didn't really work there. So then he transferred over to the defensive side of the ball. And I don't, think maybe he had enough time to sort of develop and blossom into the player that he could have but I was a little surprised because he definitely would have played his senior season and this is the first loss again no disrespect to the other guys that you know okay that's someone that you're gonna have to kind of replace his spot a little bit in the depth chart I remember interviewing him on his signing day and he said one of the reasons that he picked Syracuse was because he was told he was going to get a chance to play on the offensive side of the ball. And clearly it didn't work out for him when he moved over after his freshman season, I believe it was. But, I mean, this is a guy who maybe he wants to, to venture off, try something new. Or on top of that, I mean, you bring in a new defensive scheme and although his body may be fit for it, this is a guy who saw, like you mentioned, he was a second stringer behind Eric Coley, and this is a new position that he was thrust into as that rover. And to quote Scottie Pippen here, if he doesn't want to, if he doesn't want to learn this position, well, I don't want to f my summer up. And maybe that's what he's <laughs> thinking right there. Is that he just wants to, he just wants to go play the the normal safety position. And I was a little surprised at the timing. I feel like this is a little late, especially when you're seeing a lot of these players start to get back yeah. into camps and stuff like that it's kind so, of now or never yeah. yeah so also that was an awful scotty pippen by me I no i was gonna to say we need more of that <laughs> we need more of your scotty pippen voice on the podcast i didn't want to f my summer up I, I, it probably hurts that we're that we can't necessarily swear on here so i feel like yeah. that throws me out of rhythm but anyway back to alan stritzinger i think that maybe could have played a role in it too that he he is being thrust into a new position he's not necessarily given well, I won't say he was not given a chance to start. He obviously was given a chance to start if he's on a two-deep roster in spring ball yeah. or whatever abbreviated spring ball they had. But maybe he saw, like you said, the writing on the wall. It wasn't there for him, and therefore he felt better suited going somewhere else. So yeah, Alan Stritzinger no longer with the Syracuse Orange, and we'll see where, where he ends up over these Best next of couple him, of weeks though. yeah but it, it it was the timing thing that really threw me off as to why this was a, a bit of a shocking move in that regard 
All right, that's going to do it for this Monday edition of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. Be sure to check out the Locked On ACC podcast once you're done with this one. We'll get into some more recruiting stuff tomorrow. And also, Tim, I want to talk about the offensive line because Syracuse had their first offensive line commit, but that was the major hole for this team a season ago. And they're going to have to fix that up if they want to go back to a bowl game. So we're going to evaluate the state of the offensive line because that's a Might position Might have to get that... mentally prepared for yeah. the offensive line discussion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's nothing like a good offensive line. Somewhere someone is fist pumping out there hearing that we're talking O-line and the, the big uglies tomorrow. So we'll get into all that tomorrow, a lot more football tomorrow. And then later on in the week, We will get back into some basketball stuff as well. So for Tim, I'm Tyler. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow.